Hello, I'm Amanda Taylor, and this is My First Name is Agent, a semi-regular report of my journey to watch all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Today's topic, Avengers Endgame. So obviously, I loved this movie. I say obviously because this podcast is literally named for Agent Margaret Carter, SSR, and founder of S.H.I.E.L.D. So yeah, you could say I was pleased with the ultimate outcome of Endgame, especially the very last scene. This is going to be spoiler heavy, so here we go. This movie ended on a kiss. It ended with a freaking kiss between star-crossed lovers Steve Rogers and Peggy Carter, and oh my gosh, did I cry. If anyone has ever deserved a happy ending, it is Peggy. I've been debating how to approach this episode because this is truly the end of an era and there's so much to dig into. There are so many characters. There were so many moments that got me really excited and reminded me once again why I am such a Marvel girl. I've heard and seen lots of criticism about inclusivity and representation and I don't diminish those arguments. I'm just not going to make them here. Because this movie was about Tony Stark, Steve Rogers, Thor Odinson, Bruce Banner, Clint Barton, and Natasha Romanoff. It was a celebration of the original Avengers and a send-off to many of them. So I want to talk about those people. If you want to pontificate on what you wish they would have done differently, it's incredibly easy to start your own podcast. So, Iron Man. While watching this movie... I cried the hardest, starting the moment Tony mentioned the Garden State. I realized they were going to that compound in Jersey, and then when they showed the year, I freaked out. Seeing Howard Stark, Hank Pym, Peggy Carter, and Edwin Jarvis all at once almost killed me. I'm on a 12-season television show about that era, please. That was such a bone to throw to Agent Carter fans who got done dirty, and was such an incredible moment of closure for Tony. It really helped me deal with his arc. Going into the movie, I knew we were going to lose Tony. I was really prepared. I mean, it still hurt and I still cried, but knowing he got to marry Pepper and have a child and be a dad dad instead of a pseudo dad to all the Avengers, especially Peter and that rando from Iron Man 3, who was in this movie, was nice. They wrapped his story up well. He continued to be a helpful genius, solving time travel and all. He had a few truly great nicknames for his teammates, coined a super cute I love you 3000 with his tiny offspring, got his wife in a suit for the final battle, he was Tony Stark at his best, and Robert Downey Jr. was bringing his best performance yet to the MCU. Tony has always been emotionally expressive, through rage, despair, depression, elation, All of the pressure and guilt he felt at surviving and creating a family was compounded by his total contentedness in that. The moment when he tells the Avengers that he's willing to try their crazy plan as long as he doesn't lose what he gained was the moment I said goodbye. But I'll never stop missing him because a great performance and a well-written character is like that. In re-watching all of these movies, Tony Stark became my favorite. I think I identify the most with Tony. He's an organizer, he's emotional, and he tells good jokes. I'm not going to give myself too much credit here, but he's always been the most ultimately human of all these ding-dongs, and I will love him for that forever and ever. Captain America. So first of all, hail Hydra. (laughs) That moment was one of the many, many times I flailed around in my seat with the marvel of it all. 
It was a perfect nod to modern comics, while at the exact same time being such an eye roll over the whole debacle. Man, oh man, I loved that. Now, fans of the pod will recognize that I've never really been here for Steve Rogers, mostly because he has such a hard line on his principles, and I've had about enough of that kind of thinking in my life. But he was fun in this one. He swore a lot more, he made jokes about how truly wonderful his own ass is, and he rearranged his priorities to become more of a person and less of a soldier. For Peter Parker's sake, he wielded Mjolnir. I don't think anybody really doubted that he was worthy, least of all Thor, but seeing it happen with such grace, such ease, was truly a masterpiece. Okay, so Thor. Honestly, the best part of Thor was his mom, Frigga, who told him, Everyone fails at who they're supposed to be, Thor. A measure of a person, of a hero, is how well they succeed at being who they are. You know, I think that will probably make me cry a little bit every single time I read it. If we all had a mother who wanted us to succeed at being who we are, the world would be an incredibly different place. I need to put that quote somewhere visible or in a book of wisdom from pop culture moms or something. For all of Thor's journey, he has struggled with being worthy, with being the future king, being a leader when he was reluctant to become that person. He's also always found joy in a fight. He loves to defend his people, he cares for his family and friends, and is ultimately a very deeply good person. In the time heist, he proves that he is and always will be that way by summoning his hammer once again. Now, we obviously need to talk about his physique. I know they played it for laughs, and it was funny, but showing how his grief changed him was really important. And I liked that he stayed that way when he decided he could suit up and fight and didn't like magically get abs again. Thor is evolving, changing, growing as a person, which is considerable, especially because he has so often been portrayed as a hottie with good jokes. They created depth with him that I hope we get to continue to explore as he travels with the Guardians and his BFF rocket. Hulk. (laughs) What will this franchise ever decide to definitively do with Bruce the Hulk banner? Remains to be seen, but... This very civilized Hulk in his sweaters was yet another delightful angle that was perfectly executed by America's sweetheart, Mark Ruffalo. His half-hearted punching of a car in the Battle of New York, his selfie with fans, the callback to the relationships he built with Thor and Valkyrie, all so precious and so funny. But, you know, he's also Bruce Banner. He helped run the time machine. He contributed his knowledge of time travel, which, by the way, if someone can explain this to me, I was as confused as Rhodey. And Bruce remained not only one of the smartest, but one of the strongest Avengers. He was used more of a side character in this story, and I would really, really like to see him get some actual plots. For one, I super loved Betty Ross, if you'll recall my episode about the standalone Hulk movie that is supposedly MCU canon. They are welcome to call me if they need ideas about romantic plots. Black Widow. It needs to be said that Natasha Romanoff deserved better from this movie. There is a shocking laziness that has always surrounded Black Widow, where even where they try to humanize her, it so rarely works because she herself never goes very deep. She's always lying or manipulating or working an angle, except in sudden moments of softness when written by Joss Whedon in the the abysmal Age of Ultron. Nat didn't ever need to be anything but a badass, and she was till the bitter end. I loved her taking charge and running things. I liked that she let her blonde hair grow out rather than take the time to do anything about it. She was sad in a perfectly widow way. Sad means to-do lists, organizing meetings, responding to distress calls. Keep moving, keep your purpose, keep your head down. However, 
her death was poorly executed. And I'm kind of ashamed of the way this franchise treats women even after 10 years of trying. To have the original female Avenger and the original female Guardian die in the exact same way by fridging them to advance the plot of the male counterpart is so upsetting. They tried to make her self-sacrificing, but she's a major favorite and they needed the diversity points. And the fact that they went all in on Hawkeye is quite a head scratcher to me. So let's talk about Clint Barton. I've pretty much always hated him. I think Jeremy Renner is unwatchable. I think the character is boring, smug, and at odds with his own motivations through crappy writing that I kind of blame on, again, Joss Whedon. I hate that he has a family. I hate that he became like an uncle to Wanda Maximoff. I also hate that he got so much story in Endgame. Honestly, one of my favorite lines in the entire MCU was when Clint introduces himself to T'Challa and he replies, I don't care. His whole vigilante thing was completely out of left field, which just furthers my theory that the writers don't get him as a character. The bouncing around he does from cold-blooded killer to father of three mysteriously mixed-race children and back again has never felt true to form, and the fact that he lived while Nat died was unfair and totally regrettable. Luckily, there were so many other characters in this adventure. Scott Lang and his sad taco. Rocket being my favorite, always, especially when Tony called him a Build-A-Bear. Carol got her official Captain Marvel haircut. And just to be clear, I'm really glad she didn't overshadow those original characters and ultimately save the day. She will do that eventually. Nebula got a lot of screen time, which was surprising, but delightful. And then in the glorious final battle, everybody came back. Sam said, on your left to Steve, and I squealed. Peter had a heroic pan that was truly glorious. Wanda got to be amazing. There was a very pandering all-lady moment that I was totally fine with and definitely cried over. Cap said, Avengers assemble, and I lost my actual GD mind. To remember every delightful joke and team-up and beautiful shot of these characters that have gotten so in my consciousness I'm mostly convinced they're my friends would be impossible. I mean, I've only seen the movie once. Some of these characters appear to be dead for good. Gamora, Loki, Vision, Black Widow, and Iron Man. But nearly all of them have promised sequels, spin-offs, standalone movies, or a mysterious plot question mark where they maybe started a multiverse by stealing the Tesseract. Nobody really stays dead in stuff like this, so we'll see. But I think Tony Stark and Steve Rogers, at least, are done for good. Luckily, it's a comic book movie, so lots of people can take on the names Iron Man and Captain America. And indeed, we already have our next Cap in the form of Sam Wilson, who was definitely my first choice. And I'm overjoyed to see someone with such a pure heart take up the mantle. The next Marvel movie, and the official end of Phase 3, is Spider-Man Far From Home. I have negative levels of enthusiasm about this offering, and you'll get to hear all about it in a few months on the next My First Name is Agent. <laughs>